the hard shoulder. All News Talk with the all new Nissan Juke. The coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan, innovation that excites. And it is time as it is this time every Tuesday for the Hard Shoulder Health Check. And joining me this week, Enda Murphy, the psychotherapist and director of CME.ie. And Enda, we're talking about Mother's. Mother's Day, of course, coming up uh, this weekend. We want to talk about uh, the role of mum in all our lives. Uh, so it, it, it is timely. I mean, from a evolutionary or instinctual point of view, what is unique about mums? Believe it or not, you're dead right that it is actually an evolutionary thing. Uh, I was watching a DVD all right, with my son there the other day, and it was about the three major steps that were that when we evolved, things that kind of made us the dominant species. The first was the development of eyesight. The second was the development of the mothering instinct. And the third was the development of intelligence. Now, with the mothering instinct, all right, you know, how many of us would have got through to adulthood if we didn't have our mothers dragging us along through teenage years. I know for myself, I wouldn't have survived teenage years only for my mum. And that's the problem that happens because mothers, and it's, it's, unfortunately, it's not to do with just being a mother. It's anybody who's in the primary care role. So, you know, if you're a dad in the primary care role, but you, ha- you know, instincts generally are a good thing, you know, like kind of we eat, we sleep, we, you know, we kind of run away if a lion is going to eat us. But, you know, mums and primary cares, they have another instinct. But instead of actually supporting them and helping them, actually destroys them. And that is, is that if if mum ever perceives that there's something wrong with her child, she will instinctively try to find a solution. And that's all very well and good. We all want to protect our kids. But if she finds a problem that she can't fix or she can't get somebody else to fix, she can't switch off her, her demand in her head that she must actually find the solution. And that's the problem that actually occurs. Because let's just say one of her offspring gets into trouble with the Gardaí. Mum will instinctively try, the pro- try to fix the problem. But if their cub keeps getting into trouble, mums will keep searching and searching and searching for the solution. And over mm. time, you know, the problem gets bigger, the harder mum will try to fix it. So, you know, the less the cub does to fix his own problem, the more she will try and cover the gaps. And, you know, over the years, I've met hundreds of mums in primary cares who just beaten their head against a brick wall trying to solve a problem that yeah. everybody else has walked away and they're just not able to do it. And eventually they literally collapse and they go unconscious and they regain consciousness. And so what do they do? They go straight back to the wall and they start banging it against the head again, the, the head against the wall again. And unfortunately, they drag us through to, to adulthood. And that's how we managed to survive. How many of us would have got here only for yeah. our mums? I, get, I, I suppose a lot of the problems, they do solve for us. But you mentioned they get into trouble with the guards. And as soon as you said it, I was thinking maybe of someone else with, you know, addiction issues, yeah. something like that. I mean, that must be awful then for a mum trying to solve these problems which really there's nothing she can do there's absolutely nothing you can carry a message but you can't carry a body you can try and support somebody but unless the person is walking the walk themselves then unfortunately you're going down you're circling the drain you're going down the the, the, the wrong road with them but what mums will try and do is is that you know the the the, the deeper the hole gets the more disempowered the child becomes, the more mom will actually try and cover those gaps to try and protect her cub. And sometimes that is actually protecting them from themselves. And it's some, you know, like kind of wouldn't be the first time I've mm. actually seen that the only person that the only reason the person is still alive is that the, the, their moms were there. But in other times, it can actually be unhealthy because we're not pre- we're pr- trying in protecting our kids. We're not allowing them understand the consequences of their okay. own decisions. And, and- 
Dads then, I know we're talking about mums, but just dads are more likely to what kind of push the, the, the little chick out of the nest, is it? And let them see if they'll well, fly. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. We've all read the story of his first flight. No, it's all to do with being the primary care. And if, you know, I'm a primary care to my youngest. All right. So, you know, I have the, I'm awake at three o'clock in the morning getting anxious about will this happen? Will that happen? Will the other happen? All right. So, you know, I, I understand exactly where mums are come from because I'm now in the same position myself and I'm not a woman. But, you know, what happens is, is that it's all to do with where the book stops. So if you've got a problem, you'll contact, you know, you'll try and fix it yourself. If you can't do that, you'll try and contact some agency to help you fix it. Or you'll try this, or you'll try that. But everybody will give you solutions that are probably not going to work. They'll give you oversimplified solutions, which are not going to work. And as they're not going to work, all right, the book keeps falling back on you. Like you're a dad yourself. Let's just say baby is crying tonight. If you can't, if you can't quieten the baby to get him to sleep, what do you do? You hand it back to mom. Where does mom hand the baby? She has nowhere to pass it. It's thought the book has stopped with her. So it's whoever's in the position where the book stops. That's where the stress is going to be, because, you know, you will find that, you know, if somebody else hasn't given you a solution, you're the one who has to carry the problem and try and find some solution that try and kind of works. Well, wow, it's interesting. You talk about like simplified solutions people offer. I mean, there's loads of books for new parents full of simplified solutions, isn't there? <laughs> well, there, there is, yeah. But like kind of have you ever read any of those books? All right. Because I know that any time I've ever tried to read them and I've read enough of them myself, all right, that I always think that the theory must have been written for somebody else's family because it just doesn't get the same result as mine. You know, and the, the reality is, is that an awful lot of these books are actually written by people who have decided they've come up with this solution they say well if you try this well this will actually work now ideology is the luxury of those who don't have to sort out the mess if you're the one who is there who has to try and find a solution you suddenly find that an awful lot of these things that you try they will work somewhat at best yeah but well, they, you know, like kind of, but we live in what we, you know, I don't know if you remember the Waltons years ago, you know, they mm. said we live in Hollywood style that if it's not working, but the, the, the real problem for mums is, is that if it's not working, mum will then blame herself. It's my fault. And that's why the title of the, the, the piece I, I kind of wrote one time was A Mother's Place is in the Wrong. If you're in a mum's position, you're in the wrong about everything. And unfortunately, you know, like everybody you look and says, oh, you know, you know, like kind of, uh, you know, she needs to do this. She needs to do that. She needs to stop doing the other. And they'll all come up with these little Goldilocks type scenarios, all right, of what you should be doing about your problem, which, of course, doesn't work because mum yeah. is there trying to solve it the best way she can. How then, like you can't outrun evolution, so mums are going to have to contend with this. How, how do they not avoid it, but manage it in such a way that, that you know, they, they they understand the family more and their role in it and what they can and can't do. And we understand and appreciate what mums are doing. Well, well from, if, if mum is the one who's holding the book, she's the one who needs the expertise. You know, now the great thing about it is, is that, you know, for to, to, to raise our kids, all you need is information and the right kind of support. And you will actually get there eventually, you will, you know, but like what will happen is, is that no matter what you try to shove down their throats, when they actually reach 25 years of age, they will adopt their own philosophies towards life and they will find their own selves. All right. But, you know, kids don't come with an IKEA assembly manual and neither did you or I. But for some reason, we end up navigating our way through to adulthood. Now, how did we do it? How did our parents do it? And very few people actually understand why it is. So if you haven't understood why it is, then how in God's name are you actually going to be able to teach something else? But, you know, like there's, there's an old joke, you know, that 
the genius wasn't the person who invented the wheel. It was the mum who invented the other three. Mums have the most ingenious ways of actually coming about and coming up with their own solutions. And just, you know, as somebody said to me one time, she says, you know, the secret of raising kids is keeping breathing until they're... And, Keep them breathing and out of jail until their mid twenties, and regard everything else as a bonus. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, after Jesus, after thirty years of this game, it's so true because I've seen hundreds of parents dealing with the most absolute traumas and everything like that. And you'd be amazed that when you actually get into your twenties and you know late twenties, kids have a tendency to balance out. But if you want certain tips as to what to do, yeah, right, give us a few tips. It's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 the difference between trying to be perfect and trying to be effective, all right? So if you do understand that you don't have to be perfect in order to be effective, and identifying where you are actually getting it wrong, that's a very fine balance that none of us are good at actually achieving, especially me. But there are four things that you can actually do. The first is, understand what real families look like. So if you want to understand what a real family looks like, then go for a walk around your estate or go around for a walk and know that around your neighborhood and know that behind every single door, families are muddling through no better nor no worse than yours is. Under the surface, we're all basically doing the same thing, making the same mistakes. And if you can understand that, then you're on the first step to being an effective family because mm. to, in order to be effective, you don't have to be anything more than a model manager. The second thing is, is to keep it incredibly simple. Children are a 25-year full-service contract and then they go out <laughs> and they make all their own mistakes and everything like that and then they ignore you and yeah. then they blame you for everything else, all right? So it's keeping breathing and out of jail, all right? And after you do that, but if you keep it simple and just remember... You will find that most parents are time poor so that we actually look. So how many of these things are absolutely incredibly important and how many are just urgent? And you'll find that the things that stress us out are the urgent things, not the really important things. The second, yeah. third is keep the goal in mind. You can't dictate what your kids will do with their lives. But to be successful, all you have to do is create an environment where we can influence the type of person they will turn out to be. They're going to make their own decisions. We're trying to prepare them for what they will see in 30 years time. We don't even know what they're going to see in five years time, never mind 30 years time. So what you want to do is you want to bring out a child who is adaptable, who's intelligent, who's able to roll with the punches. And if you understand, all right, that if you can master these skills of adaptation yourself, and let your children see how you yeah. adapt, then you won't go too far wrong. And the last one is, we listen, watch how uh, a lioness teaches her cub how to hunt. She doesn't show them all the successes on their own. She shows them the entire hunting experience. So they learn more by watching her getting it wrong and how she adapts to that than watching her getting it right. So if you're able, all right, to let your children see your failures, your mistakes, you, they're able to learn how to roll with that, how to adapt it. They learn what real okay. people are like. None of is perfect. And then they will learn how to roll with the punch when they fail at us. And if you can get within a NASA's roar of getting it right, your kids will survive your hopeless parenting as we survived our <laughs> parents' hopeless parenting. I'm glad you recognise my hopeless parenting. Those four tips. Understand what real families look like. You don't need to be anything more than a muddle manager. Keep it simple, stupid, the old kiss rule. Keep the goal yeah. in mind and let them see your mistakes and how to learn mistakes. from them. And uh, I would absolutely pleasure we'll talk to you again soon cheerio Kieran. take care Enda Murphy there psychotherapist and director of see me.ie 